turn your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Everybody say joy. joy. <laughs> How many of you guys would like just a little bit more joy in your life? Boy. I have joy, but I could use a little extra. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about joy. We've been doing creative Christmas, and um, one of my hopes this morning is that we didn't just read a Christmas story and the word joy's in there and what we do at Christmas time, but we would contemplate deeply what will it take for you and I to move into these next few weeks of Christmas and then into the next new year to grow in joy? Like, really? Like, what? hindrances might be in your life and what do you and I need to do about that to make sure that those things don't hinder what God's heart is because Jesus wants us to live in joy. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys know that's actually the great news that the angel proclaimed for Christmas, right? He said, everybody say great joy. joy. He said we would have great joy. I want to live in great joy and I don't want circumstances to dictate whether I live in great joy. Did you hear what I said? I I don't want bad news or certain situations to cause me to lose that joy that Jesus has for me. At the same time, I don't want to ignore hard things or not deal with stuff we need to deal with. (laughs) Some of you are like, yes. Some of you are like, I don't want to change. I like my misery. Leave me alone. So Jesus, this morning, would you open our hearts? Papa, would you speak to every single one of us? Lord, I'm asking that we wouldn't just be a people that say, oh yeah, joy, but really when we leave here and go deal with family, friends, work, kids, all the realities of life that we don't live in it, we just say it. Lord, would this be a season that we learn to really live in it and grow in it and become everything that you want us to be? So Jesus, give us ears to hear your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 2, we're going to pick it up in verse 1. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration. Aquinas was the governor of Syria, and they all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. news. Of great joy. Say great joy. joy. That will be for all people. Say all people. people. Say good news. news. Great joy. joy. All All people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Say Savior. For unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly 
There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So this is the first New Testament proclamation, really prophetic word about the Messiah. So Israel had been praying and looking for a Messiah to come for thousands of years, right? This, this has gone on forever. Well, God literally brings an angel and he brings a proclamation. The day that Jesus is born, it doesn't happen the way people think. How many guys found out with God, things don't always go the way you think? Sometimes I lose joy when things don't go the way I think they should go. And then sometimes I get mad at God because I pray and go, you should do what I think. And in his kindness and mercy, he goes, maybe you should listen because I have a better plan than what you're thinking right now. How many know God's got us out of trouble many times that we didn't even know about? So I want to break this down just a little bit. Everybody say good news. So the, the Greek context for good news uh, is yoangelizo is the Greek word, and it means evangelist. So in our modern culture, most Christians, when you say evangelist, we get a thought in our mind. Come on. It's so sad, right? Because we've taken what the original evangelist is angel to bring good news. Evangelist 2000 years later, you guys should be bringing good news. How many of you guys know the, the news hasn't changed? It's good news. But most people, when you talk about evangelists, they get a little bit of a weird tweak. Come on. So, so glad you're an evangelist. Do you guys know we're all evangelists? Because what is an evangelist? It's a person who proclaims what? Good news. How many of you guys know all of us should share good news? So really, we're all evangelists. Just don't be the weird one. I wanted to be one with the hair, but I decided I can't do the hair. Some of you caught that. So watch. The first evangelist on this earth was an angel. But watch what an evangelist does. It refers to sharing the full gospel of Christ. Literally, gospelizing. This announces the complete message of the good news. Church, our job is to share with people good news. If you want to have real joy in your life, you and I are going to need to learn how do we share the good news with people without being the weirdo or living in fear. Because 90% of Christians never share their faith. This is mind-boggling to me as I read the New Testament. Because the New Testament teaches that all of us should share what? Good Say good news. good news. Right? So if the, if the news is really good, then we would want to share that. If somebody just won the lottery and wants to give you money, how many guys know that's really good news? There's people that put prayer requests in every week, and I'm not kidding, this is great for years. And Lord, please let me win the lottery. As my daughter would say, bless up. Wait, do they tithe? Jesus, wait, let me, never mind. So watch. Everybody, we all should be sharing the good news, which means we, we all are truly evangelists. And what happens, the good news is what? Great joy. So the, the, the Greek word great is just mega, it, it, megas, where we get our word mega. 
How many guys know for a, a number of years in the 90s, everything became mega? Mega trucks, mega everything. It was marketing. Everything was mega. It comes from this word. It means extensive. So when the angel gives the per first prophetic word about Messiah being born, he didn't just say this is going to bring you joy. He actually said it's going to bring you great joy, like abundant joy. And my question for us this morning is, do we have that? I mean, not just, yes, pastor, Christians, we should say that. Yes, I have great joy. No, I want you and I to learn to live in great joy. Even when things are hard in life, great joy only comes from the good news this angel talks about. It's the only place you can get really, really true godly joy. And so he talks about this great joy. And, and the word joy is, is the word charos. It's where we get charismatic. There's three different words that are all connected, right? Kara, keros, and keros. And all three of them have to do with God's peace. They have to do with joy. And they have to do with what this angel is telling us we're supposed to have. So everybody say good news. Say great joy. Say to all people. I didn't even put this one in the Greek for you. Do you know what all people means? All people. What do you know? It literally means everyone. Now, I say that because, not joking, a lot of times the Greek word would have the context of Israel only. So please hear this. Sometimes when it says that the people, it literally meant just God's people, Israel. In this context, it meant literally all people. Anyone ever created should have this great news with great joy. So what is the great news? What is the great joy that it's supposed to bring? So this angel proclaims good news and great joy. But what's his message? What's his message? We read it in verse 11, but I'm just like you guys. What is that message? What is the good news? Seriously, what, what's the good news? See, now you're like, you set us up, pastor. I know. And we just read it. What's the good news? Right? Kingdom of God has arrived. But what did the angel say specifically? Put back up verse 11 for me, if you would, Scott. Everybody say, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Everybody say, Savior. So you guys... When we get to the Christmas, I know we've all heard this. If you've been a Christian for any length, we hear the Christmas. We've heard it a hundred times. But sometimes we get disconnected from the reality. Okay, good news, great joy, all people. But what really was and is the good news? What is it that this day, he was saying today, you guys, the angel proclaimed this day, today changes history forever. There is a Savior born. The Jews had been looking for the Savior for millennium. This is Messiah. It is the Savior who is Christ the Lord. The first evangelist proclaiming Messiah had come was an angel. And you and I are supposed to be the same voice today sharing with everybody the good news is still the same. There is a Savior. But people say, okay, that's cool. Save, save from what? So some of us that didn't grow up Christians, like, 
I'm not trying to be funny about it, but people would witness to you. Right. And I was older and they would come up and go, you need to get saved. <laughs> I had no idea what they were even talking about. I didn't go to church. I never read a Bible. I didn't I didn't even know the context that they were talking about. I'm like, is a storm coming like saved from what? How many of you guys know it's an important question? Saved from eternal separation from God. Right. Why? Because when Adam and Eve sinned, it entered right separation from God. This proclamation, you guys, verse 11 is one of the most important proclamations in all of history. God proclaims the answer to man's plight of being separated from God. I send an evangelist to say to you there is good news and it's going to bring you great joy. And it's for every single person. One of the questions I want us to contemplate this morning. Does the culture we live in, your friends, your family, do they see great joy on you often? I don't mean unrealistic all the time, but do they see so much joy on you that they just want what you have? Have you ever met somebody and they're just that happy? Come on, like, like exceedingly happy, like all the time. They're like nice, like Robbie Booth. So my old boss, he was just too nice. This is a true story. I went to interview for the district youth job. So I flew to Northern California. Christine is praying. I'm like, God, you know, if you want me to do this or whatever. And I meet Robbie. We hang out for two days. And how many guys have ever gone somewhere and they're really nice up front and you get hired and then you find out not so nice later? Anybody ever have that experience? I bless every boss. Why do I say that? Everywhere we went, Robbie was just so nice. I, I really thought, this dude's like an actor, man. Like nobody's this nice. He's like, Craig, how are you... Oh, he's just so kind. And we go to a restaurant and eat. And all of a sudden, I realize he's being nice to everybody. Then all of a sudden, I realize it's actually who he is. And he knew the waitress's name. And he knew her kids' names. And he knew about their lives. And everywhere we went, he knew their name and he knew about their life. And then it struck me. I don't have that. I don't have that in my community. I'm not living with that much like happiness or joy that I'm just. And, you know, we literally went through the drive through at Taco Bell. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Craig, and he's just talking more. And, and the girl serves us and he just looks at her and he goes, oh, you served us so well. This girl beams like I know I'm in the wrong place because I think you're <laughs> Something's wrong with me because I don't think that's sincere. But he's so real and sincere and full of joy that other people want it. And if any of you know Robbie or ever went to go see him, this is how he lives. If you go down into a neighborhood in L.A. where he lives right next to Angela's Temple, he knows hundreds. He knows his neighbors. I go in. Why? He evangelizes all of them. Every single one of them. He is evangelizing the good news of great joy. And people want it. You know why? Because he's full of joy. Are you and I that kind of witness? Like, I don't mean fake it. 
But what would happen if you and I get real happy? Our family would think we're on drugs. That's what would happen. They're like, what do you want? How many of you guys know that God wants us full of joy? And if you're full of joy, would you share that with somebody else? Come on, would you? Of course you would. You always want to share good news. That's what we should do. So verse 11, unto you was born a savior. Everybody say savior. Savior. It's the Greek word soter. It's connected to the word sozo. Anybody ever heard of sozo? Right. It means healing. Some of you have gone through prayer called sozo where we walk people through a healing process. It's from the root word soter, which is savior. Listen, there is no healing. There's no sozo without soter. Did you guys hear what I said? There's no healing without a savior. This angel proclaims to you, I want you to be healed. But the savior is the one who will open the door to bring salvation and healing to you. Amen. So I want to talk about three things really quick about living in joy. Everybody say your mind, your time and your tongue. (laughs) Oh, that one's going to be fun. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter four. There are hundreds of scriptures about your mind and renewing your mind. And this morning I picked Philippians because it's connected to rejoicing. What I want to tell you guys this morning in these three different areas, if you and I, here's a plug uh, for the identity course we watched the video on. If you haven't taken it, you should take it. If you've taken it only once or twice, you should probably take it again because it will help you to start change your thinking and bad thoughts about your identity in Jesus. How many of you guys still struggle with certain thoughts that aren't healthy for you? <laughs> right? I still do. Well, guess what? That identity class, I've taken it five times. Guess what? I do the power prayers. I walk through that. I, I literally pray those things. I do man in the mirror. I do those things to start breaking beliefs that are unhealthy for me. So Philippians chapter four, starting uh, in, in verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, say what? You guys sound so happy today. (laughs) Let your gentleness be evident to all people. That is an epitome of Robbie Booth. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Listen carefully, church. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is writing to the the church in Philippi, and this is how he closes. The church has issues. There's problems, just like every church. And he finishes his letter by talking about rejoicing. And then the context connects renewing your mind to rejoicing. The word joy is in the word rejoicing. How many guys know that joy would actually mean happiness, gladness? That's part of joy, right? 
part of you and I living in joy is renewing your mind and thinking on the right things. Most of the time when I go to counseling or most of the time when I counsel people or most of the time when I take the classes that we offer, I'm really dealing with bad belief systems. I mostly believe what God says about me, but there's parts of my life that I still believe really bad stuff. I'm hard on myself. I beat myself up. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? The enemy's really good at throwing some fiery darts. He just loves to do it. And he's challenging your identity, right? Why? Because he wants to steal your joy. If you believe negative, bad things about yourself, you're probably not going to live in joy. And we've got to address that. So uh, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson studies positive emotions like joy. She developed the broaden and build theory. In short, her research suggests that promoting and sustaining joyful states is important nourishment for the brain. I'm going to say that again. Promoting and sustaining joyful states is important nourishment for the brain. Who would have thunk that? Right? God thunk that. Thousands of years ago. Why? Because in Philippians, he tells you, I want you to renew your mind. Think on these positive things. But our human nature gets us thinking mostly on what? How many of you guys know our natural man just goes straight to negative? We beat ourselves up and we beat other people up. Here's what's great about modern research. Modern research, this is what it says. Hey, if you will actually get positive things and think on good things, it's like food for your brain. The neuroscience, you guys, literally tell us what God told us thousands of years ago. If you think on the positive things, it actually increases endorphins and things in your brain and you actually will feel more joyful. But if you live in a constant state of anxiety and fear, you're going to start feeling negative all the time and joy starts to diminish. You guys, these are scientists that really aren't Christian. They're just telling you what they've learned. But God already told us that 2000 years ago. Think on these things. So we do. The capacity to experience joy is ever present. Your joy might be deeply buried to protect you from being disappointed or wounded, but it's still there. Joy has a special ability. Listen carefully. Joy has a special ability to broaden our mind's perspective as opposed to constricting it which happens during the negative emotion states of anxiety and depression. In other words, joy may have an exponentially positive effect on one's future thoughts and behaviors. Joy makes us want to play, expand our curiosity, connect with others. Joy lessens the time spent in negative mood states and helps us physiologically recover from negative states more rapidly. Through deeply felt experiences of joy, people increase their creative knowledge and resilience. If you find yourself being a loner, you might want to start getting joy back in your life because anxiety and depression make you want to be alone. Joy makes you want to be with people. Joy wants you to get creative. Why does God say that? Because he wants us to connect and love people. Amen. All right. Turn your Bibles to John 15. I'm just going to give a quick overview. John 15, if you don't read John chapters like 13, 14, and 15, you should read them. You should read them often. 
uh, along with Matthew 5, 6, and 7. They will change your life. This is like the instruction manual for getting connected to Jesus, right? So everybody say your time. Most people I talk to tell me the same thing. I'm very, I'm very busy. How many are very busy? Almost everybody I know just tells me, I said, yes, I'm very busy too. But if you're too busy to carve out a deep relationship with Jesus, then you're just too darn busy because you won't live in joy. You'll live like the hamster on that wheel. So church, God really is trying to get us to get healthy and to be honest and not just go to church to check a religious box to say, hey, I did my religious duty, pastor, this week. I went to church and I read some verses this week. Jesus is like, no, I actually want to know you. Like, really. And the reason most Christians don't spend quality deep time when you really get with them and start getting them into counseling and breaking it down, they actually have really negative belief systems about themselves and they don't really believe they're good enough and God doesn't really want to spend time with them. Church, if you and I could start breaking that, spending quality time with Jesus, we will then go out and be the evangelist he calls us to be because joy will start being your best friend. How many guys know joy is Jesus? You guys know Jesus is the fruit of the spirit. Gifts are given to you. Joy is cultivated because the fruit of the spirit is cultivated. And the only way you can cultivate that fruit is to stay connected to Jesus. John 15, I am the vine, right? You are the branches. If anyone's connected to me, right? He says, if you're not connected to me, he says, you can do nothing apart from me. But if you stay connected to me, you can do all things. So we're going to pick it up in verse number nine. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. Verse 11. I have told you this, that my joy may be in who? Say who? My joy may be in you and that your joy may be. Jesus' heart for you and I is to have the same joy that he has and that the joy that he has would be full or complete in you. This is his desire. If we stay connected to him, if we stay grafted into him. OK, so, Pastor, that's cool. I've heard these verses. How do you do it? Let's get real practical. How do you connect to Jesus every day? Really? Like, what does that look like? Some people say, well, it's my devotional life. Okay, call it whatever you want. I don't mean just a few minutes in the morning or somewhere before you go to bed at night. How are you and I getting connected to Jesus throughout the day? Is he a, a part of your mind and thinking throughout your day? Is he there at, at breakfast, at lunch, at dinner? Is he there during the day where Holy Spirit can literally get your attention and say, hey, I want you to say something to that person. What? I'm in the grocery store. Like, what do you want me to say? I want you to go over and talk to him. <laughs> Devil, get behind me. No, really, that person's hurting, and I love them, and I need you to go tell them. 
do you just want to pray for them? Because I see them and I care. And I want to use you as the evangelist right now. I don't need you to go preach the gospel. I just need you to go be nice. And I just need you to ask them, Craig, just ask them if they need prayer. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I was just asking God if there's any way I'm going through the worst season of my life. If you could please send somebody. That's called the love of Jesus. And that comes from being with him. And the reason that we've become the American church is we built it on this go to church, check a box, be religious. I'm not talking about being religious. I have really good news for you. It'll bring great joy to you. There's a savior born who loves you and he wants his joy in you. And if you let him do it, your joy will become complete. Because if we can get brutally honest, most of the world is not saying, hey, define Christians for me. Oh my gosh, they're so loving and full of joy. It's unbelievable. Like, I can't even handle it. They're just so loving and full of joy. Most people I say we're full of something, but it's not joy. Oh, wait. Last thing is your tongue. I didn't want to add this in. But I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, you put these in. And a lot of them are really good. Because words can be like honey. That's what scripture says. But words can also kill you. And we live in a culture that we've become okay with just berating people. We've come okay if somebody doesn't agree with us. We've just, we've become okay with just tearing them down. And I would tell you that's never Jesus' heart. It's, it's hard to have good differentiation where you can totally disagree with somebody on a topic, but you would be loving and kind and listen to them well. Most of us can't do that. You, and, and with social media, it just goes off the chart. How about Jesus helps us to love well, amen? amen. So I want to read a few scriptures. I'm going to ask the worship team if they'd come back up. Proverbs 13. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Ephesians 4. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Huh. Oh, wait, let me say it again. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. But only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Everybody say joy. joy. So remember the word grace, which is God's grace of salvation, is connected. It's the same root word as joy. So when he talks about your mouth and he says, listen, only, only speak life that builds people up, that it may give them grace or joy to those who hear it. Proverbs 26, without wood, a fire will go out and without gossip, quarreling will stop. You want to quit fighting? Quit talking smack about people. Proverbs 16, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Matthew 12, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. 
Colossians 3. But now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, all obscene talk from your mouth. I'm going to ask you to stand with us if you would. Sometimes it's really hard to uh, say what the Holy Spirit wants you to say. Our tongues are supposed to be sharing good news of great joy to all people. What the angel came and did 2,000 years ago is exactly what Papa wants for every single one of us. And then I wonder, when we're out and about or we're on social media or anything else, if people were sitting around listening to us, conversing about whatever, and there's so many hot topics, right? But if they heard us, would they just think love and joy and kindness? Is there a way to have conversations about hard topics and yet still be loving and kind? Or I wonder when I'm out with people and even myself at times, if somebody was sitting behind me, would they even want to come to church? Would they even want to talk to me? Oh my God, after listening to you guys, man, I'm like, stay away. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to do it in my family. I don't want to do it in this church. And I really believe this, you guys. Our tongues steal more joy than just about anything else. The things we speak, the things we say that God would call poison, we've got got okay with it. I'm kind of okay with it sometimes if it fits my narrative. And Holy Spirit this week said, I I want you, I'm like, this is going to ruin the sermon. This is a good sermon on joy. He goes, yeah, but you're actually talking about having people really live in joy in 2024. And I'm telling you, son, our tongues kill joy. So do you want to really say that? And do you want to work on that? Or do you just want to fluff it? And I don't. Because there's a world that needs Jesus. And they see us and they hear us. And their definition is not usually, you're so loving. And you're so full of joy and you're so kind. I want to know what you have because I need it. Usually the world looks and listens at us and they go, I want none of it. So as we worship, I'm asking that Holy Spirit would help all of us work in us. Some of us have been hurt really bad by people. And it's just easy to stay bitter. It just is. It's just so easy to stay bitter. Even at situations that happened 40 years ago, if I'm not careful, I'll still allow bitterness. So as we worship, ask Holy Spirit to start to release joy. Start fighting those negative thoughts that you have. We've read what happens that joy is like brain food. It's like positive brain food for you and I. So even as we worship and there's anything that's not healthy, fight. Pray, sing, worship. You guys, you have to warfare over your mind. This doesn't just happen. It's not magic. You and I've got to do it. And it's hard. It's just worth it. So let's worship together.